Welcome back to the Balance Bully Podcast for ambitious women in business and a few brave men. I'm your host, Nikita Rinthigpen. Always thrilled to be in the place with you. Well, listen, you know, for those of you who have been listening to all of what we call the BBP, which is the Balance Bully Podcast, we typically include interviews with industry experts and how they face business burnout, navigate relationships, the hurdles that come with it, and what their work life and love balance looks like today. That's typical for 90 plus percent of all of our episodes here at the BBP. And so what I did was in my review and reflection so I could celebrate and prepare for this year, knowing that most of our episodes are also what we call evergreen. So we typically try not to timestamp them with specific dates or uh, things that kind of anchor it to a time period, unless it's really, really relevant like today. So in my reflection, review, and celebration of everything that we were able to accomplish over here at ThinkPro, which is the company my husband and I own that sponsors this podcast, I took a look at all of 2022's episodes, and I mean a deep look. And I listened for what was good, what was gray area, and what kind of came up as patterns. And what I saw repeatedly were these patterns that so many of these amazing, potent humans that we had the privilege and honor to interview kept talking about. It didn't matter if they were marketing experts, uh, professors at acclaimed universities, if they were renowned authors, if they came from Google and Spotify and Microsoft, you know, executive level or major entrepreneurs with significant serial portfolios. It really didn't matter. What was coming up so often was this theme of releasing. So I wanted to honor that. This episode is time stamped because it is effectively out in two days from the time that I'm recording it on January 11th, 2023. And I wanted to really honor the timing of it and reflecting of all of what came up with so many people coming in through different avenues. So when I interview people, it's always unscripted, completely organic, minus the two questions that I ask every single person that I have the opportunity to interview towards the last like five or so minutes of every interview, I ask them how to give themselves permission to pause. That's not a cheeky question. It's a real question. And it's the only scripted question second to how can people connect with you? Everything else is organic. Many of these experts that I have the honor of interviewing have never met me before the conversation before the day that we are recording. Many, many more. We have long-standing relationships. We're colleagues of some sort. We've met at different networking events and I heard their story and was like, oh, I need to talk to you and I want to record that conversation on air. And of course, many of these people I have worked with, some are clients, some I'm clients of, just like the whole gamut. So what you're hearing from every single episode is real conversation. This isn't made up. It isn't scripted. They don't get questions ahead of time. So they're, they don't have an opportunity to plan for their answers. And I know for some of you who are listening, who are also professionals, you know, entrepreneurs, careerpreneurs, all of the things, you may have had a moment, a visceral moment in your body when you heard unplanned because, you know, the perfectionistic part of you, and I'm a reformed perfectionist, so I understand is a little wary at not giving the opportunity to plan to show up fully for your best. But where I sit, being a reformed perfectionist, 
being someone who stood very deep into the addiction of stress, of constantly feeling like I had to churn the wheel of accomplishment and go, go, go and do, do, do. When I personally receive questions ahead of time, I always push them back across the table, similarly to how I push checks across the table when someone's not in the best fit or the best alignment for me to support them in creating their multi-generational imprint or their work-life balance in whatever way themselves individually or as a couple they're trying to do. I honor myself and my integrity for that the same way I honor my triggers. Your triggers are not necessarily bad things, but they are things you need to pay attention to and see them as the gift that's showing you where you need to work on, where you need to support, where you need to honor some additional healing that might be needed, and also where you need to honor your boundaries. So for me, when I personally, this is just me talking about me pointing to myself here, when I receive questions ahead of time for any interview, doesn't matter, radio, TV, podcast, or anything in between, except for the exception of a written interview, because obviously I need to answer the questions and send those back. Um, and because that is the real time conversation when it's all in writing and you don't talk to a quote unquote live person. But opposite of that, the trigger for me is it turns up that signal of I have to make this perfect. I have to answer it with so much specificity that they understand my worth, that they understand the high intellectual capability that I have, that all the wordplay that I can use and all of that. That's what that turns on for me. That's my stuff, right? That's my trigger. So I know that about me and I know that I'm best experienced when I'm being authentic to who I am in the moment that you are meeting me, which hopefully is a magical moment full of smiles and joy and great energy. But sometimes it's not, right? I'm a human. So sometimes that moment that someone is meeting me, it's a raw moment where you ask the right question in the right way, you're going to get more then you bargain for it with that answer. And I don't mean it in a like a rude or ignorant way. I mean, don't say, how are you doing today? And expect me to say, fine, if that's not what I'm feeling, right? Like I may be really, really wrong. Like, actually, I just had this surgery and this thing and this thing. And then my husband did that thing. Like you might get all of it <laughs> uh, with, you know, respect to honoring my relationships with other people who might play a part in that answer. Um, in that example, when I kind of pulled in my husband, because he's my forever lover and my soul's half. So his energy absolutely impacts my energy, right? But with all that said, when someone sends me questions ahead of time, I know that it pulls up a trigger. And the trigger for me is that reformed perfectionist part of me that knows that I don't do well with that kind of preparedness. I'm actually better in an organic way. Like surprise me, ask me anything about me or the wheelhouse that I'm an expert in, which is pretty much anything, balance and relationships, intimacy, boundaries. And, you know, we can go deeper because I am a trauma specialist by background. So of course we can dig into all that as well. But if you ask me anything around that wheelhouse, I don't need to go research it. I don't need to find out the latest stat unless you're asking me a statistical question. I want to obviously, you know, honor the updated research or whatever. But if you're asking me, you know, Nikita, how do people create balance when they're entrepreneurs that are married to each other and they both have extremely different styles of working? I can answer that. And I don't have to look it up first because those are the people that I served. I served the highly 
analytical and creative personalities that show up as visionaries and engineers and architects and catalysts in so many different realms of their lives. And they might not rock a title of CEO or founder. They might rock a different title. And that's my wheelhouse. So I'm happy to serve and support in that way. So I know that there are many other people that I also interview that are the same way. There are also people who I interview who are like, hey, can you send me those questions? And I'm like, hey, listen to our, <laughs> listen to the BBP. And I say it with kindness and in high integrity. Check out our episodes. Of course, I want you to listen. I want you to subscribe. I want you to give an honest review. Hopefully it's a five-star rated review, but I want you to do that. And in listening to those interviews, even if you skim two, three, four, or five, you will see that no interview is identical except for those last two scripted questions. How can you give yourself permission to pause and how can people connect with you? Because I want to talk to real people and have real conversations, not the conversation that they planned for so they can give the, the neatest, neat box answer that you know promotes them in the highest light when maybe that's not what my listener needed to hear. My listeners needed to hear in that moment their truth so they could relate to it. So they could take the gems from their journey of creating work life and love balance in their way. And they can see what resonates with them, what maybe applies to them in their old hat or their new hat or the hat that they're trying to create. All that said, the 2022 gave me some insight into what was coming up as a theme for, I will say, our collective society. Obviously, this wasn't like a formal research project or anything, but if you just take the 50 plus episodes that we did, and we've recorded well over 80, but the 50 plus episodes that we've recorded and published last year in 2022, and this theme of releasing came up from different angles, again, all different industries, all different people. I, I felt in my spirit that it was important for me to address it. And to look at what does that mean for us? Like, why why did 50 plus people, and I think only maybe three or four of them actually even know each other, like people from all over the world, from all different corners of society, from all different realms of industry are also experiencing, and not just themselves, by the way, guys, this is also representative of their clients for those that are client facing and that serve clients. A lot of the questions that I also ask, not not just about like how are they creating their work life and love and what's going on with them and, and their boundaries and their relationships and how they, you know, journey to this place of peace that they're in or how they're journeying in it. If they're kind of in a new level and, and finding themselves dealing with something different than maybe the way that they created a full life the year before or six months before, I often will ask them, like, how does their work for themselves, their personal development work impact their clients? And what are they also seeing with their clients? Again, if they're client facing or, or customer facing. And this was the same theme for their clients and customers too. It was this theme of releasing. So I, you know, I'm a, if you've been listening to the podcast and maybe you're brand, brand new and, and that's totally okay because we welcome new people all the time. But one of the things I wanted to do was lean into something a little bit cheeky. I make up acronyms all the time because, you know, I come from the clinical world. I'm a licensed clinical social worker and trauma specialist by professional background. So it's very, very difficult for me to turn off acronyms. Right? Like It's just it's how I think. It's how I 
memorize things, you know, mnemonics and acronyms. It's, it's just my jam. It's just who I am. No apologies. So one of the things that I wanted to lean into was this acronym, if you will, of RIP. Now, I know when you typically hear the phrase RIP, the first thing you think is, oh, my goodness, who did who did we lose? You know, I'm so sorry. My condolences. Right. Like those are the phrases, the things, the thoughts that kind of come up, assuming that you don't necessarily know the person directly. Most humans will give some sort of condolence. I want to look at RIP in this particular instance a little bit differently. I want to RIP all of the things that no longer serve us. I literally want to RIP it. So that, of course, this is an acronym like I just alluded to. The R is for release. The I is for invite. And the P is for pamper or pampering, however you want to term it. So I really wanted to release and look at the release of the busyness. This comes up so much. I know I was patted on the back for being busy, for being booked and busy, for managing all the different hats that I wear as a human, first and foremost, who also happens to be a wife and a mother and a G-bunny, which is grandmother. For those of you who don't know, we have two beautiful, precious gems of joy that are three and four years old. My oldest son has two children. Those are our grandbabies who, when they can say it, will call me G-Bunny. Um, my oldest granddaughter is just calling me Buns. Let's not talk about it. <laughs> if you see me, you understand the curviness of why she says that. But anyway, I wanted to really look at releasing the busyness and not just for myself. Like I'm very meticulous about checking myself when it's a lot of busy work, but I'm human. I, you know, pointing to myself right now, you guys can't see me, but like first partaker over here, every once in a while I can get caught in like a cyclone effect of busyness too. When my adrenaline is running and I'm really excited about something before I know it, I've done 25 things in two hours. Uh, and that's, that's an exception. That's not the rule where that used to be the rule for me. It used to be the rule to have three, four, five separate jobs, not connected at all to be doing 20 things in a 24 hour period successfully and accomplishing them. And I don't say that with an acknowledgement of, of joy or pretentiousness or arrogance. I say that with a little bit of sadness because I had no idea how much I was losing by being so busy. And I know for many of you who are climbing executive ladders, who are major entrepreneurs, you know, doing, you know, multi-million dollar, and some of you, even for the listeners that I've talked to personally, even billion dollar deals, I know it's really important for you to hit deadlines and you know, wear multiple hats, even when you have a team of 20, 30, 40, 50 people. I know how quick you can turn a weekend into a regular workday. And there's like no such thing as weekends anymore. And vacations, ha, huh, what's that? The vacation is where you take the family so they can enjoy the water, but you're still stuck to your phone or your laptop, or you're somehow making it into a mobile moment where you're, you know, hobnobbing and <laughs> doing all the things with the restauranteurs and the hotel managers and all the different ways that you may work in the world. I get it. Been there, done that, wore a t-shirt and a ball cap to that party multiple, multiple years over the decade plus that we've been in business. And even before so, when I was a clinician and working specifically under that hat, just in a different way. I get it. So this is not a judgment. 
This is your permission to release. Release the need to be busy. Embrace being productive. By doing that, that means looking at the schemas, those stories, those narratives, those scripts that we have that tell you that you don't deserve to pause, that you don't deserve to do less, that it's not okay to release so many of the things that have occupied your schedule, that have closed the white space, as I call it, on your calendar. I color code everything. So for me, the white space are the things that are actually not filled in with an appointment or a task or or something specific that you have to take care of or someone you have to meet or something you have to do. When you give yourself permission to release this, to slow down as a way of going faster and achieving more, you literally unload centuries, centuries of trauma from your DNA. Now hear me on this, because I know for a few of you who study generational trauma, again, I know this from different conversations I've had with some of you, it's very hard to understand that we carry this genetic code of trauma. We from statistics perspective, it's 14 generations. So when I said centuries, which was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, I'm leaning into my spiritual and metaphysical hat when I say that. Statistically, we're only known to have up to 14 generations of trauma in our DNA. But I do believe spiritually it's so much more than that. So you can take the statistical part of the head or you can take the spiritual part. That's okay. Either way, I want you to release it because we have these ideas that we don't deserve to do things differently. And I want you in 2023 to invite doing it differently by saying RIP to the old ways of being and welcoming the new way of being for you, whatever that looks like. For me, the B word, which is busy, there's a couple B words, there's balance, there's boundaries, there's busy, right? Some of you might have some other B words to add to that. (laughs) But for this B word of busyness, even though occasionally I'll say it too, I try to reappraise myself and to catch myself to reframe it because I don't aspire to be busy. I like having hours that I can sit and wiggle my feet and cuddle with my husband who he might actually be doing work of a different kind or he might be writing and I'm reading a book or listening to a podcast or just sitting in meditation um, or self-help, self-hypnosis. Like there, there's other things that I can do with my time that elevate me that aren't necessarily pen to paper, hand to keyboard, you know, face to phone, right? Like there are other ways to elevate myself. And I'm mindful of that. And these are many of the things that I teach my clients. I want you to consider that for you. Consider that a lot of these narratives that tell you life is as good as it's ever going to be for you at whatever age you are, you know, 30 something, 40 something, 50 something, 60 something, so on and so forth, that it's a lie that you can reinvent yourself and your way of being by releasing a lot of those negative thoughts and those attitudes around not being worthy, right? Like it's the undertone. And I know it's a little bit overused when people say, oh, it's because you don't feel like you're enough or that you're not worthy, but it's real, y'all. Like it's real. This isn't a cheeky thing that People are just saying as a statement, and some people really are because they're not really, truly going under underneath it all. So the true root of where things need to be snatched up so you can follow that thread and see where it's, you know, impacting 
the rest of your life in a not so great way, but I truly mean it. You are worthy of giving yourself permission to pause. You are worthy and deserving of releasing the narratives, the schemas, the scripts that no longer serve you. The things that tell you that if you're not busy, you're not a boss. The things that tell you that if you're not busy by other people's definition, even your own definition, your old 2022 and before definition of busy, that there's no way you're going to reach your milestone or your goal. I say poopa to that. Like, no, like that's not okay. There's so much evidence out here to tell you that it is different. When you read the story or you hear the conversation where someone says, oh, I was at the gas station just humming. And that's how I got, you know, I think that was, um, I don't know why I can't think of her name right now. She's so, she's so phenomenal. Uh, Braxton, Tony Braxton. That was, that was her story. She was like singing at the gas station and she got picked up. Now, mind you, her and her sisters were doing choir and learning piano. They were doing all this kind of stuff behind the scenes, but that's not what got her picked up and noticed. It was her pumping gas at a gas station singing doing less. It wasn't her running around trying to sell her soul anywhere. It was literally her minding her business, doing her own thing, something actually completely unrelated from the career of singing, but she was in a joy moment just to herself, just humming, singing to herself, not trying to be noticed. That was her thing. And that's how she get picked up. And there's so many other stories like that. There's this other saying in the the business world that you always take the meeting. I don't necessarily agree with that because everyone is not worthy of your time or your energy. Not everyone has earned it and you have not earned everyone's like that. That's real on so many levels. So I don't say just take the meeting. I say consider the meeting, the meeting, you know, are you interested in having the meeting with this person? Even if you're not sure what the meeting will be completely about. Is this person's values aligned with you? And if you don't know the values because you haven't had time to do the research and all that, it's a spontaneous opportunity. Do they feel aligned to your energy? Do they feel like someone who's good for you to be in space with? If you're not sure, if you feel like you're going to play small or that you are not worthy to be in the space with them, mm, you you need to to check where, where that's coming from. Like what's happening with you? What script? What schema, what narrative do you have that you don't feel like you're worthy to be in a room with another human, right? That sits just like you sit on the toilet to do their thing, that washes their behind, hopefully, just like you wash your behind, hopefully, in the same way, right? Like, just be very, very mindful of that. And obviously, do you have the capacity? Like, can you make this meeting happen if you're using it? I I call this another acronym is IAC. Are you interested? Is it an alignment? And do you have capacity? You got to get yeses across the board. Yes, yes, and yes. Interested, yes. Aligned, yes. Capacity, yes. If you are interested and aligned, but you do not have capacity, then you can refer them to someone else who might better serve them in that. And you still maintain a sense of top of mindedness with them because now you are a resource. Or um, if it's a project or something that they want you to work with, and again, it's yes, yes, and then no, or you're not sure, relook at your task sheet, look at your goal sheet. Like what do you have on your list that might actually be more busy work? And this is something that's more productive and can actually help you elevate to where you're trying to be faster. And if you cannot move anything around because everything is in fact high priority, then that becomes a defer, delegate it, defer it to another time 
if they're willing and if they're not, that gives you your answer on where that was supposed to be anyway, or delegate it to someone in your team or someone in your network, your quarry, as I call it, the circle of reciprocal influences, because that makes a difference too. You don't have to eat everything that's put in front of you. You can share it. That's the best part of being intentionally selfish. You take what you need to fill you up and then you pour everything else from your overflow. So if you have a bunch of food, a bunch of opportunities, a bunch of meetings, a bunch of whatever in front of you and you've gotten everything that you need for yourself so you can be fully invested in the next step of your elevation, then anything else that's left on that plate Don't let it go to waste. Don't harbor it and say, oh, I have to hold on to this for one day just in case. It'll spoil. Some people need projects done at a certain time, so they don't need to wait for you for six months. Refer it to someone in your quarry, your circle of reciprocal influence. And the goal, of course, because the R in quarry is reciprocal, is that reciprocity will come back to you in whichever way it's supposed to, which may not necessarily be you gave a project, so they gave a project. Maybe you gave a project and then they were there to listen to you or to connect you or to just hear you and see you in a different way than you've ever been seen. You just never really know. So again, I want you to release. Release the need to be busy and all of the schemas that are connected to that because you are worthy of creating the work-life and love balance that you deserve. The I and RIP is to invite. Invite more play, guys. Like, I can't stress to you how important it is to invite play into your life. Play usually starts with some curiosity and the adventurous nature to step into play. But just focusing on the play for a moment, you can do it by just changing and doing some some different things with those small things that are in your life. So you can start really, really small, like changing the smell goods that you always go to. If you always go to your, I don't know, Chanel for your perfume in the morning, change up, choose a different one, you know, play around. If you are in a forever lovership and you have a partner who also has cologne, I mean, try some of theirs. Just see how it mixes with your pheromones. Like play with it different. If you have a slew of perfumes and perfume lotions and all the things, but you typically, because most of us typically go to like two or three main ones for everything, go to the ones that are in the back, assuming that it's not expired and it's it's all good. Like the oil hasn't separated from any of the other ingredients and shaken it. You know, if shaking it doesn't work, then those are not ones you want to continue to use. But try something different. It just changes your energy, especially when you change your scent. So try something different like that. You can do something different with your routines and regimens around your diet. Like I was infamous for years of only using lemon in my water. Last year, I started using lime. Like let's try lime instead of lemon. Both have very good benefits for your body. One does something slightly different than the other, but hey, I could use the benefit of both. So let me try it up. I've tried mixing them. That's not my favorite thing to do. But for some people it is. You might try strawberry or orange slices or whatever. I find the citrus adds to the water a little bit better um, as the, the main ingredient. But try something different. Like this, these small things, they do equate to play because you're playing with your routines. You're playing with your rituals. So you can start there if you're like, I don't have time for like a three hour excursion to an escape room type play. Just 
do something different like that. You can also change change your themes and how you connect. So first and foremost, because I'm all about love, I love love all day long. And as a balance and relationship advisor, it would behoove me to focus on this. If you are in a forever lovership, a partnership with someone that you are romantically involved in, try to play a little different as you lead up to the bedroom. Like I know most of you listening are not teenagers and we're, you know, I'm well over 40. Okay. Proud to say it. And there are some that are older than that or a little bit younger than that or whatever. So it may have been a while since you've sent like a kinky note and put it on your partner's pillow or put it in their bag or next to their computer if they work from home or on the mirror in the bathroom preferably the bathroom that the kids don't have access to type thing if you have younger people in your home. But choose something a little different with how you connect that way. A little bit more teasing. We talk about teasing in the Intentionally Selfish Suite, which which is my personal development incubator for women entrepreneurs, like all the time. Teasing is so, it's inspiring, but it's also encouraging. Like it reminds the person that you are being playful with how much you crave them, how much you desire them and not just, you know, Hey, it's Wednesday. It's our time to to canoodle. Like, let's go for it. Like try deepening that emotional intimacy in a different way that makes the physical and sexual intimacy so much more explicit. So if you're into sexting or if you're not into sexting, try sexting, try leaving a kinky note, try, you know, playing with, lotion and creams and honey and, you know, food in a different way, you know, well before you get to the bedroom. These ways of connecting with your forever lover can really shake things up. And maybe you did it like 15 years ago, but you just haven't done it recently. You didn't feel like you needed it. You guys are so past that. You don't have to be. Your relationship literally does not have to be mundane. You do not have to feel like a roommate even if you're not going for full sexual intimacy in terms of penetration. There are other ways to be sexually intimate that have nothing to do with penetration for various reasons. I know there are medical issues, there are hormone issues when you get to a certain age, libido issues, but you can still tantalize and tease and connect that way. For your platonic relationships, you can also share some of these tips, just take out the the sexual inferences, right? Like if you normally just, you know, text your sister girl, your, your friend, why not send her a note card? I have on my desk, this card that I have from one of my sister circles, she sent it moons ago, but it's so cute. And it just happens to match my brand colors and everything. And it literally just says on the front, you are awesome, which if you guys know me, you know, awesome is also an acronym. Tell you about it at a different time. And this isn't even something she's aware of. She was just sending me a nice little kit with candles and cookies and other things. But I love the fact that it said, you are awesome. It happens to be in my brand colors. It makes me smile and think of her every single time I see it. And then it also has those underlying meanings for me that she doesn't even know about because of the acronym for what awesome stands for for me. And that came because instead of just sending me a a text message or WhatsApp message, she sent me a note card. So you can do things like those deliberate moments differently there. I 
also encourage you with your platonic friends that are local enough or, you know, they don't even necessarily have to be that local, but invite them to move with you and not just break bread with you. This is another way to induce play. So instead of having that, you know, catch up meeting with your girl or the business meeting over coffee or whatever, both of you meet over the phone if you're if proximity is a problem and you're not local to each other and take the meeting while you're both walking take the dogs out for a walk take the kids out to the, the playground while you have like this 15 20 minute conversation whatever it is that makes sense for you and if you do live local enough or you happen to be traveling to that person's state then do something different go to a trampoline park for your meeting, like have fun, shake it up 15 minutes, you know, whatever, and then sit on the side and have your smoothie and have the, you know, more focused part of the meeting, but shake it up by infusing play in everything that you do. And you can do it just one step at a time. So I know I've gone a little bit longer than I normally do, but I just want to wrap up with the P because R was for releasing, I was for inviting and P is pampering yourself. One of the things that come up for a lot of our power couples and the potent humans we serve is they don't really know what to do when they have the time to pause. They're like, yep, I put permission to pause on my schedule. I gave myself that 20 minute, two hour, four hour block, whatever it was. But then I got to the block Nikita and I didn't know what to do. I legit was like, I have no idea what to do. Should I call someone? Should I go meet with someone else? I really don't have time for that because I you know, don't want to feel like I'm rushing out. Um, I feel like I'd rather be working because there's so many other things to do. So I feel guilty. Like all these schemas come up for people, especially for our power couples and our potent humans. And so when, you know, there's a lot that goes into this, but in short, I'll say, do small things for yourself when you're pampering that literally like habit stack your way up to the bigger things. So a small thing is slow down when you lotion up or when you lather when you're in the back of the shower. A lot of us are usually like task specific. We get in, we get out, you know, six minutes, seven minutes, eight minute showers, whatever the case is, unless there's something going on with our body, then we might take a little longer. But how about you don't need something to be going on with your body to take a little longer? What if you just take your time when you're lathering? Like really think of every part of your skin getting nurtured while you're exfoliating with your buffer scrub or whatever it is, your loofah that you're using. Or when you're outside of the shower, if you're like very like specific about making sure not to use a lot of water, which is totally fine. Then when you're putting on your lotion, like slow down. And I know, at least in our household, you just like rub it in real quick. You're out. It might not have even fully absorbed. <laughs> Let it absorb, like really take your time. Even if you have to do something really small, like count to five, for each part of your body, five for when you do your leg, five for when you do each foot, five for when you get around your knees and the back of your knees, and then you start to do, then do a separate five for your thigh. Like, you know, just slow yourself down. This is pampering. And don't slow down like, oh, I have to slow down and count. Slow down like, I deserve this. This moment, I do a lot of prayer treatments for myself when I'm like doing my lotion and my shea butters and things. I'm really praying over every cell every meningocele, every ligament in my body. Because I have a, raw, a rare autoimmune, so I was going to be very, very mindful to pay attention to my body. But you don't need to have something wrong with yourself to do it. So 
start small. You can do the same by like choosing a part of your body that you never really get to exfoliate. You know, many of us women remember to exfoliate our face. We may do our hands, but we don't necessarily always think about our feet unless we're going to get a pedicure or the back of your thighs, you know, the size, your booty, you know, all, all the under them cheeks, like get under there, lift up the breasts, get under there, like really take your time and exfoliate. These are small ways to pamper yourself. And of course, massages are fun and are kind of traditional pampering, but so are soaks in the tub. Not everything has to involve another person. And in fact, I encourage you the same as I encourage all of our certified selfish coaches, our our certified success architects, and everyone who's in our incubator, try to always have things to do for your permission to pause time that don't involve other people. So if you have two or three things that you're like, these are my go-to or these are my 2023 go-tos because I'm shaking it up and do it different. Only one of those should involve other people. So getting a mani-pedi with your kids, all good. That's a great way to have permission to pause, to slow down, to model this good behavior. But not every single time you pause should involve your kids or your sister or your cousin or your BFF or your colleague, because that means you're hiding. You're not actually pausing. You're now over committing yourself to something else that now other people are relying on you to do, you to schedule, you to make space for. And now this becomes an expectation that will expire very quickly. So have your three staples, you know, maybe do three different things a quarter or three different things every month if you're being really brave and bold about it. But make sure only one of those things involve other people. That allows you to continue to be intentionally selfish, which is really your gift to yourself, making space for you to have the gratitude, the imagination, the forgiveness that you need for yourself. And so that you can take action with filling your own cup so you can overflow onto others. So with that, I say cheers to RIP in 2023. I want you to do what I ask you to do every single episode for those of you who have been following the BDP, the Balance Bully Podcast, and those that are new, I ask you to encourage, encourage you, I ask you to encourage you, I ask you to share this episode with one other person. If you have more than that, hallelujah, but at least one other person in your quarry, your circle of reciprocal influences that you know could benefit from hearing this. All of us have to be reminded 2022 was an extreme like highlighter. It was like a big highlighter where every episode someone talked in some way, shape or form around releasing, deleting, letting go in order to make room for their true self, their core self, for what they truly wanted in their life. So I invite you to do the same. The second thing that I ask you to do is if you have not rated and reviewed this show yet, please do so. We have some really big things coming out where, of course, I'm sure you've heard me say Intentionally Selfish multiple times already between our Intentionally Selfish Suite, which is the incubator. Intentionally Selfish is kind of a moniker of what I believe in. It's what I teach people to reclaim and redefine for themselves. And we are also starting the Intentionally Selfish show. We'll be starting in a few months. Our aim is to have it published and released in April. Um, and that show is really all about healing. 
It's that's the best way I can say it. It has some like, let's shake the shame. You know, we're inviting special people to have these honest exchanges with us, these potent humans who are talking about generational and relational wounds and all kinds of different stuff. But if I had to narrow it down to like a word, it's really healing, specifically the emotional healing that needs to be done. Um, so I'm looking forward to that on so many levels. And it helps when we have higher reviews and honest ratings and all that. It helps the algorithm so that when the ISS, the Intentionally Selfish Show comes out, it will get even more attention so even more people can have access to this. So I appreciate you in advance for that. Until next week, I want you to enjoy the balance of your day, but remember, do it boldly.